Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Well, 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 welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, Hurricane H here. New show, new day, new guest, new topic, topic of the hour uh, with a guest, literally from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, straight up from Marrakesh, Morocco. I have with me Dr. Hafsa Benzi, and she is a dermatologist, MD dermatologist in Morocco, but she's also a student in uh, Mount Sinai uh, in New York. Uh, studying, uh, she's doing a PhD for her. Uh, uh, I think it's vaccine development and and research. So 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 it's a perfect topic. As I mentioned, we're talking about COVID. You know that's the, that's been the the discussion for the last year and a half, almost now going two years. But but really a lot of questions about COVID, about the the vaccines, anti vaccinations, uh, pro vaccination. What is the vaccination? What is the vaccine? What is made of? All these questions. We might have some insights as to how it all works and what's the development stages and things like that because a lot of people question uh, how quickly this whole thing you know happened and uh, you know uh, typically a vaccine takes years of testing and apparently uh, you know the COVID you know 19 vaccines all of them I mean, Pfizer Moderna all these you know kind of got together in, in a very little time so so that's that's and, and, and coming from a doctor's perspective I think it will be an interesting uh, show because uh, you know uh, not only just a doctor but also someone who's doing the research discussion and all the stuff and seeing it you know in progression. So, so first, first, first things first, Dr. Hafsa, how are you doing? Great. Thank you, Hisham. How are you? I'm doing great and welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, when we first talked, you know, you were in New York, so now you're on the other side, <laughs> you know, but you got to love technology. Right? I mean, we do this, you know, overseas. Of, yes. I mean, I, this is like four continents. I think I'm going to do the fifth one on Saturday. So I'm actually going all over the world. <laughs> so, so, so thank you for accepting the invitation and also for, you know, just being here to share with us uh, a little bit about your story, your journey, your background, and also the research and the, 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 the studies that you're doing currently in the, the environment that we live in. So first things first, doctor, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, so you, you are a dermatologist in Morocco. Uh, that's 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 been your trade that's been your practice and so tell us your journey how long you've been practicing and you know let's talk about your the dermatology practice there and then we can talk about your transition uh, maybe we can talk about the comparison between the medical system in morocco uh i mean a lot of people morocco is, a, is not a, a you know a so advanced country if you want to call it that you know so it's there might be questions about how the medicine is practiced there uh, let's shed a light a little bit on that and then we can take it here you know into the u.s and the education system here in the medical you know field the research and all that so i think we have a lot of stuff to discuss today and i'm all excited about it so tell us a little bit about your journey in the medicine world 
Oh, okay, so I am Hafsa Benzi, obviously. So I am a dermatologist trained in Morocco. Actually, I graduated from high school uh, in 2001, and then I joined medical school because in Morocco, it's exactly right after high school, and depending on the grades, we join medical school. Then I spent seven years of general medicine. This is what everyone does before choosing a specialty. So in these seven years of general medicine, I spent two years of internship. So I did an internship in the emergency room. Then after that, because I had to, uh, to go with the internship, so I can choose dermatology because it's very, it's really highly competitive specialty all over the world. This is what I discovered when I came to the United States. Uh, then I did my four years, my four years of residency uh, in Morocco, in Rabat. And after that, I worked with the government for almost five years. And then during these five years, I came here at Mount Sinai to do fellowship at the dermatology department. And I came across the clinical trials unit. They were doing research on psoriasis and eczema. And I have seen that many of the drugs that, that the world have been using for these two uh, diseases uh, got the approval by the FDA because of the clinical trials that were conducted at Mount Sinai. And I was very impressed because of the process of getting a drug approved from working on it in a lab of basic science, then doing uh, experiments on little animals, then after that on humans, clinical trials. So when I came back to Morocco, uh, I, I then moved to the private sector so I can be free. And then I applied for this PhD and I got accepted. And I came here, I started on September, 2019 just one year before <laughs> before the craziness, right? <laughs> yeah, before the craziness, yes. Wow. Well, that, that's a pretty intense journey. And uh, so, so a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I love uh, medicine and biology personally. I mean, I, I, it, when I was in Morocco, my, 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 uh, my uh, high school, I mean, the, the baccalaureate yeah. was actually biology, uh, ex experimental science. And exact same. And then, and then actually, believe it or not, I was registered in the military medicine academy. <laughs> you oh know, I was, God, you know, you but, were but, <laughs> but but I never I never went through it you know I'm the lonely child so so my parents were actually my dad was for it my mom was not so I never made it there <laughs> so I, I I I so I took off you know and I went I went from medicine potentially to to tourism <laughs> wow so, but so that's like a whole different you know leap but then then I I wound up in the U.S. and then the next step I became you know more involved in the insurance and healthcare and you know 27 years later. <laughs> healthcare <laughs> i've been i've been back to healthcare working with doctors but I, i've always been you know uh, intrigued by medicine and everything you know that comes with it in biology and science so those are those, and again thus i mean the health channel and the health radio yeah. right so 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 the reason i said that is because a lot of for the audience and you know obviously we have an international audience and uh, from the us and overseas but so morocco is a french education system and mm -hmm. i think that's that's one of the the way it works you finish high school and then you automatically go to med school i think yeah. some parts in the u.s too you can do that and uh, you know i think you have to do biology first before you go into for your degree in biology and then you go to meds uh, med school so basically it just starts immediately off of the bat you know from high school in morocco i think that's the same thing in france anyways and uh, and so so the concept here is that we just want to bring this this story to to the audience because uh it's different 
but I think the journey is the same. You still have to go to basic medical you know, school, then you have to do your specialty, and then you have to do your internship, residency. And you mentioned something specific that you had to work with the government. Uh, and that's something that is also unique over there. Obviously, when you go to a, a medicine school, uh, and these are very specialized school, very uh, few people really get to it, <laughs> to them. I mean, positions or actually how many students get accepted in those uh, schools uh, of specialty in Morocco are very limited. And when you get in, uh, you obviously it's all prepaid. And so they pay for you and then you have to pay back. And that's why you have to work for the government. So I just wanted to clarify that because uh, I like in the US, you know, everything here you have to pay for pretty much. And unless you have a, some sort of a scholarship, you know, especially in med school is very expensive. And so um, it's kind of like a little different. Uh, the the education may be a little different. Now, uh, doctor, your whole system, obviously, in the base was in French, right? So the whole education system was in French. Uh, was there any difficulty transiting when you came to the US and Mount Sinai, and now we have to transit into English? Uh, first of all, actually, you pointed out two uh, interesting uh, uh, ways of seeing medical school in Morocco. First of all, this idea of working mandatory working with the government or signing a contract with the government. Uh, I think I wasn't that lucky because now they can have the choice to ah. either sign <laughs> a contract of eight years with the government or uh, what we call in French benevolat, which means they get like half the salary during the residency, but after that they are free. And there is another thing regarding like going from high school to medical school. This is what explains the seven years that we have to spend at medical school. Here in the US, it's four years because they add to it, uh, the they call it the undergrads. They have to go to, mm -hmm. uh, to college before going to medical school. And after college, you have to take the exam that they call IMCAT. And uh, according, it depends actually on their grades. And then what, what kind of... Uh, of college, not the name of college, the ranking of college. I learned about this here in the United States. In Morocco, it's pretty much the same thing. It's the same system all over the country. But here in the United States, it depends, for example, if it's Mount Sinai with ICANN School of Medicine or it's Albert Einstein in the Bronx, even if we are just at New York, I'm not even talking about other states. So here there is uh, some differences between each state and each college because most of them are private so but also i have to say that i was lucky to be born in morocco because i didn't have to pay anything for my education and i even got paid when i was doing my internship and also when i was doing my residency so yeah, yeah. it's funny it's funny you said that because I, I i say that to people like you know i got paid to go to school and they you know like uh, for a scholarship they look at me like wow you're lucky i mean it's just the way the system works over there yes. but, but again but let's 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 be clear about something because not all the this i mean yes you can go to any university probably at no cost but but the the universities or the schools of specialties such as medicine, engineering, tourism, and some of these specific you know uh, schools they're very um, limited in access and Absolutely. and you know thousands of people apply and only you know a couple of you know hundred or maybe in single digits you know actually get accepted year after year. Yeah. So that is that is actually one of the caveats that you know when the the, the school is free, it's yeah. there's always there's always a a caveat and a gimmick. There's something there, right? Nothing yeah. is for free typically, and obviously it's not for free because while they give you the education, they also expect you to pay back by giving back. And that's really what I think, Doctor, you just mentioned, uh, the option of either getting paid half 
and certainly you know um you can be released to be actually uh working in private or you have to really give your own contract or the five years and, and you mentioned eight years that's a long time Absolutely. <laughs> that, that is a long time that you have to commit but i mean at the end of the day you said it i mean it costs you nothing to do that and you still get paid when you're working for the government obviously it's not at the same scale that you probably be paid if you were in a private practice uh again but that's just from from the economy, the economy of scales here, we're talking more about the the economic aspect of medicine and and the function of medicine, and also like being a, a, a doctor. And you have to make a living. I mean, doctors are also, you know, they work, they they do serve a purpose and they help people and save life. But at the same time, that's the way to earn the living. So it does cost, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a time, you know, and a toll in your terms of uh, your lifespan. Because I mean, yes. it's a pretty long. Uh, well, shot. Twelve years of your life that exactly that's you know it's yes. not no picnic and i think it's all over the world i mean that's about the same i mean even yes. here i mean you get yes. the first four years and then you have three years and you have your residency yes. and if you have the specials you know to do specialties more uh it's crazy but again uh the, the bottom line is you whether in morocco here anywhere in the world i mean uh you know you study at the same basics of and fundamentals of medicine and and ultimately you can specialize in different things and there are exchanges and programs like the one you've you know you've uh, the fellowship program that you had which i think that was also an excellent opportunity to to open up a whole new horizon yeah. for you and thus i mean ultimately you you did go back and now you're back into the phd program for the research and development uh in, in the field of vaccines you know never <laughs> nonetheless because that's that's actually the interesting part you know and that was before covid so it's not like you planned this i mean you were in it oh and then God, every, yeah. it'll happen <laughs> and then i think i didn't answer your question about yeah. english and yes you know oh, we get in there go ahead i didn't forget okay. <laughs> i think the audience doesn't know that in morocco we are a cosmopolitan country we are we have many cultures People speak Spanish, speak French, speak yep. Amazigh, which is an official language. It is a native Moroccan language. We speak classical Arabic. We speak Moroccan. So in our educational system, we have to study foreign languages. And English is our second foreign language. In some places, like in the north, it's Spanish. So during high school, like I think we start very soon yes. studying English. And then there is the medical jargon that's it's almost the same, like the words are similar. And when we get into the internship or into the residency, we can see that most of the papers that are published and research, it's in English. Oh, so even in Morocco, it is in English. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I did my thesis in English too, so I, I hear, yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly how it works. But again, but again, it's not common because most people think that Morocco is a, a French colony, and you know, by, by you know, in principle, and certainly, you know, all our education is a French, you know, education base. But languages is definitely an asset that you know Morocco has, and uh, in the education system, as you said, we we pretty much by default you learn three languages by the time you get to high school, yeah. Yeah. and then you get you get to pick a fourth one if you want to later on. Yeah. But it does help in, in, in communication, education, and, and, and in your case, obviously, med school. I mean, medicine is not a, uh, I mean, it's a very strong language. It's a very strong, you know, uh, terminology that you have to, to, to learn. I mean, um, but you, you said it. I mean, it's, very, it's French and English in terms of biology terms and science terms yeah. are very close. So it's, it makes it a little easier. <laughs> in terms of the, the understanding of how the body works and the biology anatomy and all that stuff and uh, if you remember the math classes algebra is classical arabic word it's algebra so even yep. in mathematics the zero is from arabic so 
uh, and we can talk about you know uh, uh, what do you call it um, algorithm. I mean not algorithm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Same thing. Uh, so I mean it's it's uh you know it's an interesting you know <laughs> you know discussion. We could have a whole show about just that, right? <laughs> because we could talk about the some of the medicine roots and things like that, and some of the, the original research and and some of the. Uh, the, the early, you know, pioneers of medicine, you know, were actually, uh, you know, from uh, with Arabic language and things like that. So, again, I mean, that we can have a whole discussion about the history of medicine, <laughs> but and that would be an interesting show because a lot of people may not even know these things, right? Because, you know, uh, they're exposed to what's new today, but they don't Absolutely. know the roots. I mean, I, I'm not generalizing. I mean, obviously, there are people that know these things, uh, but, you know, a lot of folks, they don't care it's yeah. not something they've been told and they don't really worry about it <laughs> but it's good to share some of these facts and uh it's interesting right now yeah. now you picked dermatology and you said the key word is that it was a, a very competitive you know type of practice uh, worldwide and it's also uh, an interesting practice now what what also you stated something about psoriasis uh, psoriasis yeah. and i Believe it or not, I mean, unfortunately, I just we just discovered my mom just just happened to be diagnosed with it recently, and 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 I know a friend of mine whose mom has been dealing with it, and I have a few friends that have been you know uh, dealing with psoriasis, and and maybe we can talk just briefly about what that is as as a uh, I guess as a uh, disease, an illness, because uh, a lot of people may not even know how it functions, how it works, and and how the body does it. I mean, I didn't even realize when I was talking about the, my mom's doctor, and he said that. Uh, you need to see a rheumatologist, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, huh, I thought that's a dermatology, but he said rheumatologist. Yes. So, so I'm like, okay, well, how's that? How does that work? Uh, so maybe you can give us clarity on that one. So is it really dermatology? Is it rheumatology? Is it more, both? And more. Both. And more. Well, there you go. So tell us more about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, psoriasis is one of the diseases that got me changed my mind and quit the clinical practice to research because at some point when you are, when as doctors, we are, faced with chronic diseases, what we call auto-inflammatory diseases, problems with immunity and it's chronic disease. We have remission, but we have relapses. And sometimes the options are limited. And what we have is just prescriptions, uh, injections. So we want to do something new. We want to try to find what's the origin of the disease. Like now we are understanding more and more about the pathophysiology of psoriasis and eczema. This is why the, the treatments, what we call the biologics, they are targeted therapies. They target some proteins of the immune system of the, the inflammatory reaction of the body that are all that's over-regulated. Like no, for normal people, let's say some kind of protein that we call interleukins, they have like, they stay at certain uh, level, but in people with the, that have psoriasis, they are genetically predisposed to have these proteins of inflammation that are highly regulated. Mm -hmm. And the trigger now, we have so many triggers. We talk about the environment, which includes some bacteria and other elements. We, have, we talk about stress as a trigger, but this, this helped us to at least narrow down the list of of hypothesis and then the medications. Like before for these chronic diseases, we used to use one thing, steroids. Steroids used to work for every chronic and inflammatory disease. Like if you don't know what it is, you steroids. just <laughs> steroids. But That's now what, what's good is that we understand more. We didn't put our finger on like one 
uh, one cause or etiology of psoriasis, but we are working toward it. At least the patients now, when they got diagnosed, they know that it's a problem in the immunity. There is a dysregulation. There is a protein uh, in the immune system that's overly regulated, that's genetically predisposed. They have to avoid stress, some type of medications, and they have they take treatments that don't give them so many uh, side effects. Like with psoriasis, we have the osteoporosis, we have diabetes, we have high blood pressure. But with these biologics, there are more and more, um, let's say, cleaner medications that don't cause side effects, especially for these patients who are prone to use them for years and years. I mean, sometimes during their whole life. So it's, an, it's evolution, it's remission, relapse. What we do with the targeted therapies is just we try to make the, remi the remission longer and the relapse shorter. But this is a chronic disease. So it keeps coming back, you know. Yes. So you but clear we it. Control yeah. it. We have to control it. So, but so in terms of, of just the description of psoriasis, so I mean, I, I heard there's different levels or different types. Is that is that an actual fact? Okay. So, so I mean, the way I, I seen it right now, it's more of a like, it looks like a skin rash or like a, mm -hmm. a, a heavy duty skin, you know, uh, lesions or, or just basically like a over, like almost like a, a harder skin that develops on a particular spot on the skin. And then obviously, uh, it's crusty it's not really you know uh attractive and and, some, and and that's that's really the 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 uh i guess the bad part about it but the good news as you said it does there are treatments at least to to kind of remove it you know and, and reduce the the impact of it or at least the the look of it and ultimately to your point if it we can reduce the time between you know each case of it you know when it comes on you know it will be like uh, in fire, fire in between, like in terms of timing. Uh, but but again, uh, somebody with a, a weak immune system, let's say somebody with diabetes, will probably have a harder time uh, to to do, you know, for the body to actually work with it, right? So you'll have to do maybe a more uh, rigorous type of treatment, right? Yes, or, or, we, have, yeah. we have also some types of biologics. It depends on the medical story and the history of each patient. If this patient has high blood pressure, if this patient has diabetes, the age also. Yes. And then there is what's very important in psoriasis is if it's limited to the skin or there is a joint involvement because this is an inflammatory reaction. The immune system is really highly activated and it can uh, show on the skin. We have patches, red mm -hmm. crusty patches, yep. and sometimes in the joint. So these people, they can't move correctly. Uh, they, they, uh, they have pain everywhere sometimes. So we have to deal with this. So we work basically with rheumatologists uh, that, yeah, that's we, the connection. <laughs> this is the connection. This is the connection. Sometimes, like also, we have they have patches on the scalp, uh, but there these are like what we say the most common forms. And people who are lucky, they get this type of presentation. But sometimes we can have like what we call erythrodermic psoriasis. People are red, like completely red. These people they got uh, hospitalized. We can't leave them outside. Uh, of the hospital. There are forms where the nails are completely destroyed. We have 
other presentations where they have pustules all over the body. So we have some very serious cases of psoriasis, but these cases are less common than the other ones that we see, like joints and some patches on the skin. The treatment also depends on the body surface. Like if the surface, we have some percentages, 90%, 75%, 60%. It's also a way to monitor the treatment. We can say the patient was cleared at 75% of the body service or 90%. This is a way also of uh, monitoring the evolution. And for every chronic disease, either in dermatology or rheumatology or other specialties, we also care about what we, the quality of life, like uh, how the patient is feeling, uh, how the patient sees himself or herself with the disease. We try also to uh, if the patient needs like psychiatrist or some help of any kind, we can also provide it for these people because it, it's a chronic, it's like they have to learn to live with it. Yeah, well, but it's, it, is, it is a very shocking, you know, reality actually when it begins because for us, for example, it, it's out of the blue, it just happened. We didn't know what it was. Finally, yeah. after, you know, going to the doctor and stuff, we, we got the diagnosis and then we, we know what it is. So I... I we are at ease, at least, you know, that's the other thing. Like, you know, it's not, it's not lethal, <laughs> at yes. least not, not in that level. So, so that's it's good. Contagious. It's not something, it's not about exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so it was a relief to know that, but, but it, it takes a little adjustment to accept it, to understand oh, exactly. it, to deal with it. And, and even visually, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a little, you know, overwhelming for someone to see skin, you know, in, in a particular format. And, oh. and so, so believe me, I had to deal with that in the last few months because it was just all new to us. And, uh, you know, luckily things are getting better, but, but you're right. I mean, it's, it was uh, an interesting, you know, transition for us. So, so obviously now we understand that. And thank you for giving us that little brief description and, and just introduction to the basics. And uh, I mean, for your expertise and, and really tying in with what rheumatology does and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I wanted to go back to, to the topic of the education system just before we go into the, your, your program today, the PhD and, and the research. So did you find any difference in terms of the education mm -hmm. format, um, the, um, the, the curriculum, the program, the way, the whole structure of, of the education here versus uh, mm -hmm. education in Morocco? I mean, some people would ask that. Yes. Uh, actually, in Morocco, what I have noticed is that we are an excellent clinicians, like because we start our trainings early from the first year in medical school. Here's the trainings, they actually at the third and the fourth year. And when we start actually, um, and fr starting from the third year in, in medical school, we start two months or two months and a half in every department. And we have some mandatory department according to the classes we are taking. Let's say, for example, we are um, in our fourth year. So pediatrics is a mandatory department where we have to spend two months and a half. And then we work at night, we do night shift, even as medical students. So we are exposed earlier and you see more patients then here in, in medical school, because it's four years. Uh, then when we got our degree in general medicine, like after seven years, like we are very, we have a strong background or expertise in what we call general medicine. Like even if I knew I was going to do dermatology, but I knew how to treat like the big, uh, 
um, asthma, I knew how to treat exactly and correctly and make prescriptions about, uh, uh, let's say, um, um, on, um, uh, so yeah, different types. The heart, some heart diseases, high blood pressure, diabetes. Like for here, for example, it's very focused on the specialty. Like they start, they study some little thing about everything. But after at the fifth year, when they want to start the residency, like they get focused on the residency. Like, for example, in when you are general doctor in Morocco, you can make prescription even for depression, for anxiety, for some some cases of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Here they cannot because they have to go and make the complete residency in psychiatry. There is a second thing, for example, I will take as my specialty in dermatology. So when we study dermatology, we have like three areas. We have what's the chronic inflammatory disease like psoriasis, eczema, and we have acne also. We have the aesthetic part of it, and we have the surgery, and we have oncology. And after four years, we have to gain an expertise in each of these areas. For example, in the United States, when they finish the residency, they are good at one or two things, but after that, they have to pay for fellowship to complete the other things. You know, for, for example, in Morocco, uh, surgical dermatology is a must. It's not a choice. It's mandatory. When you get your diploma at the end, you have to be able to remove melanoma and do a very good reconstruction, like sutures that are aesthetically very correct, and we don't have, oh, we only send like cases that need like uh, general anesthesia or more reconstruction or for example, we have to remove huge melanoma. But here in the United States, I see like they will have to send the patient, they will do the biopsy, then the dermatologist will not get the patient back. He will have to send it to the plastic surgeon to, um, to, to take the whole uh, area of the, the cancer, let's say the skin cancer, mm -hmm. then do the reconstruction. So here, let's say it's uh, everyone does something from the specialty and it's always a team. Like in Morocco, the concept or the mindset is that the patient has to get everything done by the least number of people or, of, or uh, doctors. doctors yeah. Here uh, in the United States, sorry, no, it's okay. Like he can see the dermatologist and the plastic surgeon, then he can go see the oncologist. Then, well, well, well it, it is it is an industry, and ultimately there's a referral base, and you know, yeah. uh, specialties, subspecialties. So, so what 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 I think the main difference here in terms of just uh, you know uh, what I'm getting, and and for the audience is that in the education system there. As, as a doctor, you practice pretty much a general concept, but also subspecialties in the same concept. So you're you're kind of like a jack of all trades, <laughs> you know, while you're there. Uh, and then you can also add a, a specialty and really expand on that. Here, yeah. you get your basics and then you really become the expert in that specialty. So, yeah. so, so the experts are super experts, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's, I think that's the main difference. Now, how easy for someone, for example, to, to, I guess, to further their education if they were in Morocco to come to the U.S.? Was that an easy thing? I'm sure that is very limited and it's, it's not just for everyone. Uh, but again, some people may ask, like, well, uh, can I do that? How easy for me to do that? You know, what would it take for me to be there if I, I was a doctor, for example, in Morocco right now? Yes. If I were a doctor. 
obviously, as a Moroccan going to the United States for my education, it was not my comfort zone because, as we all know, our comfort zone in Morocco is Europe, especially France, yes, yeah. Belgium. Yes, we don't have to take any other exams. Like we practice directly. The license we get in Morocco with the education is for us enough to practice in most of the countries, European countries. But here for my education, actually, uh, they ask for, first of all, I didn't know how the, the system works. This idea of classes, credits, uh, paying for each class. So for me, it was my, am I going to pay to, <laughs> to educate <laughs> myself? I thought I just have to pay the rent and the, the ticket to New York and that's it and my living expenses. But no, because it depends on the, um, the school, as I said, also the ranking of the school in, in the state, in the city, in the, the whole country. Uh, and also, I think my fellowship helped me a lot because I got, I understood how the system was working. Uh, and then when it comes also, of course, in I said, they also ask for your grades. So I had to translate all my transcript like from uh, from high school, from mid middle school, then high school, then during uh -huh. seven years in, in in medical school, then my four, my two years, including my two years of internship, then my four years of residency, then send them to them, plus what they call here the personal statement, like the motivation why you are doing this, plus your resume, uh, my my work experience, my background, everything. Then after that, I was called for an interview. So I came to Mount Sinai for the interview. Then after that, they say, like, even because we don't have this concept in Morocco, like, for example, in Morocco, if you pay money, like, you know that you're going to be in. selected, you know. <laughs> it doesn't work like this in United States. You pay money and, like, you do your best, but, and you hope that you will be selected. We don't take it for granted. Like it's not like if you have money, you will you will get a degree or a diploma. You have to work for it. You have to earn it. Uh, listen, I didn't think it would be easy, and, and that's why I asked the question because <laughs> some people were like, "Well, how is that possible?" I mean, it sounds like because because when you hear it, it's like, "Okay, I was there. I'm, I'm here," and that sounds good. But but it takes a lot, and it's not as 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 simple as people may think. And it really takes a lot of courage. It takes you know investment. It takes time, and you and have to, to to build a case. Basically. Yeah, and also, sorry, people, they, when we talk about uh, grades, we know in Morocco we have like over 20, mm -hmm. uh, or here in the United States, like yeah. all, yes, all universities, they know how to translate the system to ABC. So whatever you submit, you, they will, they know 19 over 20 or 10 over 20. They, they, they will translate everything to the ABC system so yeah, we just have to translate and send them the transcript they will take care of, of them well, I, listen i mean first of all congrats because i mean the program you're in is, is one of the best and uh you know i mean montana is no picnic and i'm sure it was not an easy just you know hey you get an interview they they really know who they were talking to and uh so you know i mean i i should I have to say, I'm proud of you and, and your achievements. And I'm sure, uh, you know, anybody listened, whether they're Moroccans or Americans, I mean, uh, that is that is actually a great, you know, uh, achievement and, um, you know, something to recognize and, and a true success. Uh, so, so one more item that I think will be a good question that people would probably want to know about is, 
the comparison in terms of uh, infrastructure, uh, you know, over there versus here uh, in terms of practical stuff like lab access and technology access. I'm ultimately here it's a lot more what well, is the perception is that it should be more accessible and more available and more advanced uh, is that even a myth or is that a reality i don't know and, but some people would probably ask like well how how does that even compare when it comes to research obviously united states it's uh is the best it's even better than going to france to europe because here there is also and i will highlighted the private sector is investing in the United States more than the government. Like still in Morocco or in France, people wait for the government to invest in research. And this is what made the United States like get the vaccine earlier. And in Europe, for example, in France, Institut Pasteur, who got like, they asked Institut Pasteur to make the vaccine earlier, but because of the investment and people are from the private sector are not investing, they they, they were not able to make the vaccine uh, just like here in the United States. So when it comes to research, obviously the United States wins. But when it comes to hospitals infrastructure, obviously there is excellent, an excellent infrastructure in the United States, but there are some disparities uh, when it comes to uh, um, states, when it comes to what I learned here in the United States, the zip code, the access to health to, to health insurances, and these two elements, and also the ethnicity of the person, they have a very direct impact on the quality of the hospital they are going to, and also the physician they are seeing, because here, as I said, there are many schools in the United States, many schools of medicine, and there is also this competitivity between the schools and the degrees and the diplomas. In Morocco, actually, we have some places like, as you know, like villages in the Atlas Mountains, and they have uh, very limited access to technology, now people are working like to get these people get at least the basics in everything, but and but when when it comes to the expertise of the physicians of the surgeons, like really really I am very proud of my colleagues here in Morocco. They do great work, especially sometimes when they don't have enough. When you, when we we talk about infrastructure, when we talk about instruments of surgery, when, but they are able like to make extraordinary surgeries and to succeed. Uh, in the United States, yes, but as I said, uh, I discovered a whole new world of how the ethnicity can change the, the access to, to, to healthcare, yes. And well, that, that, well, that's a big topic. I mean, you know, there's even with, with the vaccine access, even with the, you know, um, just the, the medicine itself, uh, even the, the 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 diseases or or some sort of illnesses, some some demographics have different type of you know uh, issues or yes. you know uh, they prompt to have more or different types of you know illnesses and things like that. Uh, the access to care, uh, that's always been a, a, a very big question. In healthcare in the U.S. and uh, as a matter of fact, one of the shows I had about a few months back was about comparing like what would be the, the best healthcare system uh, and, and and the expert was actually from Canada so we're comparing Canada to the US but then we also talked about the worldwide healthcare system and what would that look like to have an ideal you know access you know program where everybody has the best healthcare and access and uh, affordable care you know what I mean 
and and, and exactly but and and you're right i mean i mean the good news is uh, that's that's what keeps us employed in the insurance world <laughs> so that that be that's our that's our job to to hopefully help as many people uh you know get the care but you're right i mean insurance does uh you know come at a cost it's not cheap uh whether it's on the employer uh the individual uh there are of course government programs i mean that's personally that's my specialty and and those are accessible but it's not for everyone uh because you have to have limited you know resources to be even uh, to access those so to your point uh if you have money it's one thing if you don't have money you're pretty much done but if you're in the middle class sometimes more it's a little tougher <laughs> you know and in u.s specifically but again uh same, I would say the same thing about Morocco, because you said it, I mean, some of the remote, you know, areas, I mean, there's very little, uh, you know, hospital systems and clinical care and things like that. Uh, transportation may be difficult, uh, in technology may be lacking, mm -hmm. and, and the basic means, you know, can be a little bit difficult to, uh, and then of course, also the cost. I mean, over there, uh, you can go to government hospitals and things, but it's not the same as if you want to a private, for example. So it's also a system where you have money, you can get the best care. If you don't have money, you're lucky. But the, to your, you know, the, a great point that you mentioned that luckily that the doctors themselves, they do care and they give back into the communities. And so they do serve, you know, a higher purpose if you want to do it as, you know, as part of their mission. Uh, I think that's that's really what makes a difference in terms of how people get access. But again, a lot of people will argue right now, if they listen to this and they're from Morocco, they'll be like, well, that's not what we think. I mean, <laughs> you know, not I everybody has that, access. Yeah, yeah yes. And uh, there is actually there is something in the United States, it's sometimes always either black or white. If healthcare is right or privileged, it's sometimes very political. The discussion in the United States, mm -hmm. some people would say like more liberal people, like it's right. More conservative people would say it's a privilege. We have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is also, but this is a very American <laughs> uh, discussion. Well, it is. And, and, and again, compared to Europe, for example, uh, you know, or even Canada next door, which is, you know, more of a... Uh, uh, accessible you know care for everyone but even that is a question because while it is accessible it's not really as people think you know because you have to wait in line and, and 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 have appointments that are in the future before you can access immediate access now you could have immediate access but you have to pay for it so it, it falls back to the same category where you have money you have access yeah. you don't it's a little harder uh, and again that, that this is not going to be resolved anytime soon because i think i think the whole one of the suggestions that that was in that show was that um maybe if the private sector gets in and there's uh you know it's not just government it's also you know private which by the way the concept that i work in which is the what we call managed care is really the concept where as if it develops to to beyond just the, the government programs it could be the right you know the right formula but that's a, that's a big you know if and when and so so we're not even going to touch that <laughs> subject today but again in comparison between a, a third world country technically and the most advanced you know one of the most advanced countries you know there's obviously big differences uh, but but you you've seen both and in both of them there's pluses and minuses in how you yeah. look at it from any angle and people can can argue one way or the other right and uh, so, yeah Go ahead. There is also this issue, the price of medicine, let's say in Morocco, for example, the equivalent, I don't want to say a commercial name, so maybe a, a clavulanic acid amoxicillin, this association will cost in Morocco $20. And in the United States, it depends on the insurance you have. So the prices mm -hmm. are 
different. What I learned also during this program is that, for example, the investor or the company is American. The pharmaceutical company is American. And they have a patent, let's say, for 20 years. So, And they made an investment for maybe 15 or 20 years before. So they have to pay at least back the, the, their first investment mm -hmm. and they make money of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to invest again in, in research in, and development. Yeah. Yes, in research. So, no. Well, you're right. I mean, again, I can I can give some some explanation about that. I mean, so from the insurance perspective, when we design benefits, I mean, you know, ultimately there's there's some some cost that's involved involved, you know, and how much it costs, you know, for each, you know, drug and category. And we have also like you know in the insurance world we have like tiers of medicine. So you have generic, preferred generic, brand, preferred brand, and you have specialty medicine, uh, and 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 that can cost you know tremendous money. You know, uh, maybe the generics are very cheap. You can actually buy them from even stores like walmart and target in the u.s for four bucks you know for your generics but you're right those generics actually you know it took 20 years before they became generic and before they actually got released from the brand you know uh, and the, you know so so it's a little you know it takes time and obviously to your point research and development is the biggest investment when it comes to pharmaceutical companies so there's a big cost and actually that's a perfect segue to our discussion today <laughs> the second part of our discussion about your field of expertise now beyond dermatology and and in in the u.s I wanted to just to uh, share some fact to, to the audiences because they might have heard a couple of things on the show here, here in Morocco and in the U.S. So, so, doctor, you are actually right now in Morocco on vacation, but you typically are in New York. So I just wanted to clarify that. So when we refer to it on the show as here in the U.S., because, I mean, obviously she is in the U.S., but currently right now, just from the show, she's actually calling from Morocco while she's visiting, you know, friends and family and taking a little breather. So just wanted to clarify that. Uh, so, so, so the segue to, to our, uh, uh, your current, you know, uh, I guess, field of study, which is research and development and specifically in the vaccine development. And, and really, that's that's the hot topic right now. And you and I, before the show, we talked about, you know, all the, the stuff that's going on in this world between pro and, 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 and anti-vaccine and all these things that's going on. And also about the, the expedited rate at, at which, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies were able to, to develop these vaccines. And so, so, so the first question is, well, first of all, um, that is an excellent, you know, uh, field of expertise that, that you add into your, I guess, ammo and, 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 and arsenal, right? I mean, that's a whole different world. Now, do you intend to, to really remove yourself from dermatology once you, you finalize this education here or, or you want to just kind of mix them up? I mean, just a quick question <laughs> I throw in there. My next step for me in my career would be to uh, focus more on research and, uh, uh, and developing drugs and vaccines. Then maybe later, maybe just before my retirement or maybe after, I would go back to dermatology. But now actually I'm more focused on uh, my, my next step would be just research and uh, development of vaccines and drugs. Well, doctor, you're going to be a hot commodity right now because they just I just heard the news that they've... Uh... Uh, launch, I guess, a, a campaign in Morocco to start, you know, potentially developing yeah. vaccines in there. So, so you're gonna be one of the, the first ones they're gonna snatch out here. Come back here, we need you, right? <laughs> or maybe the opposite here, they're just not gonna release you. It's like, no, we want you here, and that's it. So, so you're gonna be a real like you know, 
we pulled back from both sides like hey we want her no we want her we spend money on her we spend money on her too so <laughs> that's gonna be a challenge right but again hopefully you'll end up in the right place and maybe you will contribute to help both societies and both you know countries and the world for that matter so and we'll thank you for that i mean i think we need a lot of that and uh we need also a lot of clarity on what's going on because uh, there's 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 different questions about vaccines and obviously covid has has really thrown a little you know monkey wrench as we call it here you know in in the healthcare and you know compared to all the other diseases and all the other vaccines uh the big question is like how did we not do this for hiv how did we not do it for ebola and for all the others yet this is like a, a closer to the common flu and closer to the h1 and one same family of sars yet we were able to do this in record time uh and so the question becomes like it takes away some of the credibility, I guess, of the vaccine. And then you have a lot of the anti-vaxxers or you have the, also the, the folks that may be, uh, you know, borderline uh, theorists, you know, and they, they say, you know, there's, there's a conspiracy here, but you have a lot of opinions. I mean, and we're not, I'm not here sharing, I, I'm not pro or against anyone. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but, but the idea is like, we have a lot of opinions, right? And, and right now the world is almost divided. You have these folks that are like, Oh, I got my jab. And the other one's like, I don't want my jab. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep your jab because, you know, you know, I don't know what mRNA, mRNA is, you know, and, and that's like, you know, micro things, you know, it's a synthetic. And, and again, I mean, everybody knows these terminology now. I mean, you know, we don't even have to. I mean, every channel, every social media outlet is talking about this. Uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy. You go to TikTok, you go to Instagram. It's all the same topic. But you are in the middle of it in the back end of it like on really on the the front line and the back line of it because you're really behind the curtains working on this uh how and, and you were there before this transition so you probably were closer to the action because i'm sure you're getting the updates in your field and i'm sure you guys as doctors and, and researchers on the back learning these things and also like getting closer look at, at how the progress with pfizer but they're not all these as a matter of fact tomorrow I have a show that is just about the the recalls in some of those those cases, like you know, with some like Moderna and things like that. So we're gonna talk about the vaccine as well tomorrow. But so so it's a perfect two shows back to back. We're talking medicine and 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 research as well as vaccine. So your your uh, study now is research and development, yes. and now you're researching vaccines specifically, but mm -hmm. you were not involved in the development of this particular vaccine or any of those vaccines that are dedicated to COVID, were you? Yes. No? <laughs> uh, in my lab, yeah, we were not working on this vaccine, but uh, during our classes or lectures, obviously, it was like a hot topic in our classes, and Thank we you. had lectures in everything, like from the math of it, the statistics of the clinical trials to the clin the, the the clinical side of it. Yes. Well, so the question is, I mean, that's the big question that everybody's been asking, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how much of clinical trials and, and, and you know, how long has it been? Because it, it was really developed in less six months or so. So mm -hmm. was there enough, you know, uh, to to really launch it? I mean, obviously, even there, the, 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 the discussion is that it's it, it was approved under emergency use, not actually as a regular FDA approved <laughs> drug uh, or vaccine, rather. So 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 that's a big challenge. Now, in your I guess, background there when you were in those discussions, was that ever a discussion topic and a debate about it? I mean, was there such a thing? Uh, and also, if we, we can extend on that discussion in terms of what is the main difference between all these vaccines? 
And so, so what, I'll give you a little time to 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 rehearse on those boats. <laughs> both, both both questions here. <laughs> so far, actually, it wasn't a surprise that it was uh, very quickly developed because we had a huge pandemic. Uh, the pandemic, we had lockdowns, no flights, no problem. Like for the HIV, we didn't have to go into lockdown because of the HIV. Uh, the governments didn't end the flights and the, the people and merchandise movement between countries and continents because of the HIV. But here we have a real crisis. The economy was collapsing. So mm -hmm. the, the, the investment, like the investors, they post on everything. Like I can even talk to you about how many research was started on many types of cancer and everything was like posed just to focus on uh, on the coronavirus the, and the vaccine. This is the first thing. The second thing is that we knew something about the family. We, we knew many things about the family. We didn't know we didn't have enough data on this particular, like how to say, like novel, novel uh, group or cousin, let's say, or son. But we had uh, uh, we had enough information about the virus, about the family. Uh, it's, this is not new. Uh, the second thing, the third thing is that in each step that was taken toward making the vaccine, ethics and was some word something that uh, really were held like high and really respected and it's important like when we talk about ethics people think that ethics it's only uh, about maybe the side effects or but it's in every mathematical equation that a biostatistician had to resolve to find like the number of the sample size, for example, or to talk about the efficacy. It's ethics was something that's really huge. And I don't think researchers and clinicians take time to uh, explain to the populations. We cannot do anything without uh, the, the having in mind that we shouldn't harm people we should not harm people. We sh the vaccine or the drug has to have a positive impact on people. We have so many restrictions that even people don't know, so many regulations, and we just say, oh, it was quickly uh, developed. No, it wasn't quickly developed, but if we put this amount of energy, of money, um, of expertise, of knowledge all over the world. Teams were, were working like from the Japan to United States to Europe to like everybody was involved in the development of a vaccine. And then when it comes to this question of people who are anti-vaccine or for, for against or for the vaccine, uh, um, I think we were lucky that the technology of the vaccine was discovered at some point because if not, uh, we would have lost so many kids for varicella, for rubella, mm -hmm. for these diseases when they were diagnosed in the beginning, for example, varicella, I'd say, this if they have, um, they have breathing problems and issues like even more than the coronavirus does like. And because of the vaccine, it's not that the virus disappeared, but the presentation is becoming like milder. It's not very... 
pronounced mm -hmm. so they don't have this the, the, the symptoms are not very intense right. this is why the vaccine is for it's not that the vaccine will eliminate uh, the, the virus or uh, the bacteria no it just it will make the immunity stronger to fight the, the, the this agent and also it will make the symptoms less and less intense and then there is something that's very important whenever we are conducting trials uh, for vaccine or drug there is an ethics board that uh, is made of uh, researchers, clinicians that have no conflict of interest there, and also patients and family of patients like who had COVID or the 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 people who use who took care of patients also. So and from many countries. So I think nobody can cheat when when everybody is looking at your work. It's like really impossible to cheat. And also if, it, if we're not going to talk about it from an ethical standpoint of view, let's talk about the stock market and, and Wall Street. Imagine one of these pharma companies, like another person, because this is, this is a highly competitive environment. So everyone is trying to find like the little error, the little mistake, mm -hmm. and someone will find something uh, and it like really the company will lose a lot, a lot of money. So even if we're not talking about ethics, it's not in the interest of oh, no. the pharmaceutical company to do something wrong. And there are some uh, restrictions, regulations, either by the FDA here in the United States or in Europe, they have their agency uh, to control and to include so many people because when you are doing something and nobody is looking, you are free, you can do whatever you want, you can mix everything, but if everyone is looking, and even a patient, someone who took care of a patient, people who just are interested, ethicists, uh, bioethicists, philosophers, like everyone was implicated. So I think for me, uh, it wasn't very quick, like uh, when we see the investment and the problem that this pandemic caused, I think it's reasonable thing, the well, timing. No, well, thank you for, for, for sharing all that. And, and, and again, you bring in great points. I mean, one is that you're right. I mean, the world stopped. The only thing that was in the discussion was, you know, COVID and, and the vaccine and the cure and, and, and just find a solution. And you're right. I mean, all the greatest minds in, in the world have been working on it. You know, I think, I think what clouded this whole thing is the political space. Yeah. Because again, I mean, it, it was a, uh, in election year, there was all that that other stuff that was going on. We're not talking politics today, but but I think there was some some of that. And you're right. I mean, when you think about it, like if let's say if Pfizer or Moderna had any any one one item that was discovered that they did it wrong, I mean, uh, again, I mean, I'm sure they, they're gonna do everything by the book. But you're right; it would be like catastrophic for that particular company or the industry as a whole, and the trust were you know factor for the future. But then, then the, the questions are, you mentioned something about like we, there were uh, the cancer treatments or research was put on hold. Uh, but so that's, that's another thing. I mean, people say, well, cancer has been around for over hundred years and we haven't found a cure or diabetes. And uh, I've heard those arguments actually out there. Um, people can say, well, you know, like you mentioned the, 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 the diseases for children that actually work here to vaccine and vaccination systems. But again, they took years of, of research and development to get there. Uh, and, and I think that's what people are comparing to, like not being in the industry. They look at just like, you know, uh, 
uh, apples to apples, right? Although they're not really the same apples. I mean, you know, they're different you know, breeds of apples, but, but you're right. I mean, they look at the concept of, well, these vaccines took 40 years, 30 years, 15 years to even get them there now. Yes, it eradicated, it didn't eradicate the actual, you know, uh, viruses, but it uh, can, to your point, the presentation is less and there's no, someone can get them, it's mild and it's over. Uh, and I think the whole world have developed some sort of level of immunity for it, right? But then the other argument would be like, what well, Ebola is, mm-hmm. is more lethal than any other virus out there. And if, you know, and we've had pandemics or not epidemics, I guess, not, not pandemics, they were not global, but, but we had them in Africa more recent years, right? And it was not as, as catastrophic and it did not, you know, uh, spread through the whole world. So, so some people argue in these items, right? They comparing those things to what happened here. And then, um, and I think those are like the biggest pieces right now in the, the discussion. And then you have the discussion of the type of vaccine that was developed because, you know, the media has hyped on the idea that this is a new type of vaccine. See, it's one thing when you have worked on the same type of vaccine over years and people are like, oh, well, we've used it for other types of, you know, diseases. This is just, you know, another I guess, evolution to it, right? We evolved to the next scene, mutation of this virus. We had SARS, we had H1N1, MERS, whatever. You know, now we have this, it's very, like you said, cousin, child, <laughs> you know, same family, right? And so we have some knowledge about it. But then when someone says, well, this is a whole new technology, we are synthesizing this, this spike protein and it's different. And now you're talking a language that people, wait a minute, are we talking AI here? Are we talking, you know, uh, you know, and then you have all the other discussions about plants and or implants and you know gps and we're not talking about that right now but but you know all this has really really excited people right and that's what caused i think the big divide right now in the population some are totally for it some like against it and and it's just still in the works and 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 you are closer to the action so you have seen like to your point the committees things like that you know, most people may not even be purviewed to this information because you're there, you know, you don't just put something and and I can relate to it from like our industry, right? People think, you know, we just put policies out like that. You know, there's there's a lot of work. I mean, you know, we get audited, you know, we have everything has to be like really to the top or, or you get shut down quickly. Right. So, so people may not realize and every industry has those. And you're right. I mean, when you're talking about like, Pfizer, for example, right? We see a lot of commercials of, of, of drugs that they produce, right? And it has a lot of description, like, you know, all these warnings, right? Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what happened, some of the reason of the skeptical, you know, folks out there and the skepticism is about, well, nobody's warning us about the adverse reaction on this, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it's, it's gonna, and then you have also the controversies, right? You know, well, you're gonna, you, we need the vaccine so we can, you know, get off the mask and and, just, and get our life yeah. back. But then they got the vaccine and then now you have people say, well, you still have to have masks. So that's the other part that that fueled more of this, this, this you know, discomfort, right? Because yeah. it's like, it's not consistent. Well, well, if we get the vaccine, we should be fine, right? But then the vaccine is not curing. The vaccine can still give it to somebody else. And now people say, well, that's just like what the flu vaccine does, right? I mean, I don't have to take it and I can, my immune system can do the job. So, so these are the questions that are probably on everybody's mind and probably people are watching. They're like, you know, well, yeah, I got the same question. You know, why is that? And, and so those are the, the pieces, I think, that, that make it more difficult to accept it in some realm, in some world. And obviously, some places it's become natural. People are just doing it and done. Um, 
And and we'll talk quickly about the concept, even in Morocco. I know that that's 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 a country right now that's been, you know, although people may not realize it, but they've been pretty much in, in the progress of of developing of uh, vaccinating almost everybody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, they've actually really, really touched, you know, nicely on, on a lot of folks. I mean, and, and they've had access to the vaccine, you know, early on. I think the AstraZeneca is the one that oh, they yeah. use. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but but just going back to the question of. Uh, not the question, the point of the mRNA, you know, type of, of, of vaccine versus the regular traditional vaccine. In your expertise, if you want to just ease up people right now to explain to them that, what would be the main differentiator? I mean, obviously one has a live, you know, virus type of discussion and one is completely synthetic, you know, and, and used differently. So, and most people say, well, that's going to take in your DNA and change yourself, you know, from the inside and we're going to have zombies, right? Yes. <laughs> and then you have the other one that is just, well, this is just the other virus and just going to, you know, shoot in a, a non-active virus, you know, load the new and then just kick start you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really... Some making it a very easy in words, obviously, that, that these are not medical terms, but you will probably give us more on that. But that's really the main challenge right now. So, so if you can just explain those two differences, like you know, like the Moderna versus the 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 Pfizer, right? Two different, you know, I think they're the two different, right? Moderna has uh, Johnson and Johnson is the one, right? Johnson and Johnson is one dose, and the other ones are two doses. So, so those two doses are mRNA, you know, based. The other one is viral based. And and in your expertise, what is the main? How can you just break it to, to, in simple words to us and to the audience? Actually, in simple words, I'm gonna keep it very simple. Yes. If we have live vaccine, it triggers the immunity better than other kinds of vaccines that are made of small proteins or synthetic proteins from this agent can be a bacteria or virus. So let's say they have higher efficacy. And for, for, for example, in some cases, I'm not here talking about Corona because I, I don't wanna get things mixed up in people's minds, but for other diseases, we don't give, for example, live vaccines for pregnant women because they trigger the immunity in to a very, very high level. And the, the pregnant women, they have usually very low, the system not working like normal. Uh, so yes, uh, live vaccines, they trigger the, the immune system and they are more efficacious than, than any type of, of, uh, of vaccines. When they say a new technology, it's not that new. Like, we knew this technology for a long time. The second thing I want to talk about here and that you I men uh, you mentioned, sometimes when you talk about the media and we have to take care and to what's, what's the source we are listening to. What's the reference? Uh, when someone says something on we read, you know, we are getting texts on our phones, on WhatsApp from everybody. Everyone knows everything about the vaccine and stuff. And we don't even check the reference. And let's say, for example, for one of the studies uh, made in very correct and thorough way to be published in, let's say, the New England Journal or the Nej, the Nej let's say, or JAMA and stuff, people, they invest money. And this, uh, like these journals, you need to pay money to get, for example, your article plus the quality of the article. And there is a review board that review the methodology from the statistics and everything to get published. So this is an information that's valuable. But when you get something for free, like you get it on WhatsApp and text or on, on the social media, we have first of all to check the reference, who said it, who did the, the research, um, 
uh, is there any conflict of interest? Like for all papers that have valuable information uh, that we study, like all over the world in medicine or in science, we always have to see conflict of interest. Who did the research? Is he working for pharma? Uh, does he have no? Does he know someone in the FDA or something like this? We don't even pay attention to this, and then we claim that we have understood everything about the vaccine or about when we when we, it comes to the mutation and it will cause mutation, the RNA, uh, LIRN, and all this discussion. I would say that in human normal human being we get like thousands of mutations every day in our body. And our body is capable of correcting this whole mutations because of many factors, uh, our genetics, our healthy lifestyle. This is what we tell people, don't smoke, don't like always keep very healthy lifestyle, exercise. So our body is always, the immune system is capable of checking and paying attention to mutations. So with or without the vaccine, we always have mutation in the body. Mm. But beyond a certain point when there is a problem in the def our defense system, we can develop a cancer with or without the vaccine. The vaccine is not, it's not here. I'm not even talking about the vaccine. Like regular body didn't get a vaccine and he has an issue in the defense system, let's say. This, some molecules are not able to read correctly the DNA, so they will misread uh, DNA and they will go and will leave, for example, when we have an error, uh, they will just don't, they will not read it and leave it and it will get multiplied from cell to cell and it will damage the replication system of the cell. That's cancer. But, yeah, that's cancer. When actually you mentioned the question of cancer uh, was here like way before, uh, the COVID and we, first of all, cancer is a very general term. Every type of cancer is different. Uh, we made huge, uh, I think, the, the, um, progress when it comes to understanding types of cancer. And now researchers they are going on something that we call personalized medicine. Like, like it, for every cancer, they just try to make an ID for each person to try to find the right combination and the right targeted therapy. Now we are even doing clinical trials with one person just to show people how far we've come when it comes to research on cancer. I think, and I will always say it, uh, physicians, doctors, surgeons, researchers, uh, they are not doing what they should do in um, explaining what's going on. So for example, people didn't know anything until like, they discovered, oh my God, there is a pandemic. We have to read about vaccine. We have, and people, they were not aware that when we talk about cancer, like we, we made huge, huge progress, not even in cancer. We have other diseases like chronic diseases when we do clinical trials just one for one person, which is like what we call really personalized medicine. Mm -hmm. This is something that in, in the United States, in big centers, hospitals like Mount Sinai, they are doing and they are succeeding in doing it. And many people are getting treatments because of this first, they get like a very specific protocol for each one of them, not part of a whole bunch of people or, um, or community. And there is also something, yes, I wrote here, when, it comes, when we have a virus or bacteria, 
uh, in the beginning, the, the, what we call in, in French la virulence, like mm -hmm. the power of the strength of this agent is high. And then sometimes it gets weaker, weaker and weaker over time. This is another thing to, to think about. There is also this idea of wearing mask, removing mask. First of all, people, we feel that there is a difference between now and let's say the uh, when the pandemic started, we didn't know anything. We had to wear masks. And then at some point it was very strict. You couldn't get into the public transportation, go in the street. I remember this week going to Apple store without mask, like many of the stores on the Fifth Avenue, it was optional. It wasn't mandatory. Yeah. So we cannot state like now we have to still wear masks. It depends. Uh, also, it depends on awareness of, of the people. Like, for example, here in Morocco, people are, I might say they are more for the vaccine than, than the opposite. And people, we have some places where we have to wear masks, some places it's optional, <laughs> yeah. like, you know. But that's, that's all over, yeah. Well, yeah. well, well so doctor, one, one element is you, you talked about the immune system and it, it does recognize and it kind of works on its own. Some people argue that too, like, well, you know, this viral you know, infection or this particular virus uh, it has a, a fatality rate that is very low. And, uh, you know, for the most part, people get a mild case or no, no symptoms at all. And the immune system does that. So a lot of people are more like, well, I'm just going to, you know, get it, get it over with, build my own immune system and, and let it be. That's one, uh, one, one group. And then now you have also like these, these variations or the variants, right? Uh, we have the Delta, we have the Delta Plus. And, and, but, but I think what people, you mentioned something very key is that bodies, you know, have mutations, viruses over the years and centuries always mutate and any, even the flu, I mean, and every season there's multiple flu, you know, strains and therefore there's different viruses and they may not all respond to the same vaccine the same way. So I think that, that the argument can be won either way. And, and so, so, but you're right. I mean, it's just different dynamics. And, and I think that's the, that's the key element here is that it's been a, a very quick year uh, and a half and a lot of things happen very expedited most than you know when you have time and yeah. there's no crisis you know you can take your time but when you have to work 24 7 on something i mean you can expedite things right what would take three years to do or four years could take a few months you know if you have more people and more time put in, into it right and i think that's also a, a valid you know uh discussion there or a valid point uh, another element is now now we've since the vaccine rollout um, there were, you know, multiple cases of adverse reactions and including that. And then now more recently, you hear also people who have died or first of all, people who have gotten COVID, even though they were vaccinated and are fully vaccinated. Then you have people who died regardless of the vaccine or not. And then you have people who actually died potentially after taking the, and again, I, I can't prove one way or the other. I'm just, you know, uh, stating what's being out there in the, in the, in the news. But people died, you know, after getting the COVID as, as a result of such. Maybe that's just the interpretation. I mean, one thing that we have to be clear about is that people die for a lot of reasons and not necessarily COVID or the other way. <laughs> and, and so even during COVID, people died for other reasons than COVID. And, and, and even now, people may be vaccinated and die for, you know, with other complications due to their immune system or something else. But those are all discussions that we can have in, in different times. But really, I think that's the other part that fuels the, the debate, because people are still concerned. Well, if this is so good, you know, why are people like having these reactions? Also, there was also a lot of this. You said earlier, 
in the beginning, we didn't know much about this, right? So there's a lot of, you know, with trial and error, as they say, right? Then, then we started learning more and things changed. One of the elements in the beginning that said, this is only something that affects the seniors. Then it became the, the frail. Then everybody, then the kids. <laughs> and then, yeah. then, then even, well, like if you're 18 or less, you know, you would not need to do vaccination. Now, you know, everybody is getting the vaccination. So, so again, it, it almost progressed so quick in all directions. And that's what's, you know, causing all this, this turmoil, right? So, so in your background, in your realm, in your mm -hmm. uh, expertise, and, and you're exposed to this on the back scene, like, you know, you're behind, you're backstage, right? <laughs> We're in the stage, in the front stage, you're in the backstage. How does that all play in your, in your um, research right now? And how are you taking all this in terms of in because because ultimately i'm sure you're taking all this right now yeah. information in your world and yeah. and adjusting it and digesting it and kind of using it so you can have a better outcome when when you going forward because i think a lot of this stuff is going to help you guys understand how you can play with with this you know the, the the process of development and how you can also reel out and maybe may, the way it's presented maybe different going forward based on these the the, the type of feedback we get in today uh, the more people, the more we have uh, a number of people using something, either a drug or vaccine, the more we discover other side effects. And the side effects, again, like uh, in research, in clinical research, it's very general term. So we have to split it in other different definitions because sometimes what's the side effect for a drug can be developed as the main effect for this drug in another disease, but we call it side effect. Mm -hmm. Let's we call side effect something that's not really, it's not what we want from this vaccine or drug, but it doesn't mean that's something that can kill our patient. It's not something that's 100% will harm the patient. But when we state uh, side effect as researchers, uh, people in the population can take side effect, so it's bad. But I can tell you many side effects were something that, for example, one of the treatments I use as a dermatologist for hair loss uh, molecule, it was, it was a side effect to, to grow hair. The, this effect was discovered, it was an anti-high, uh, it lowers blood pressure and it was given as a pill. Then people discovered that these people had a hair, very important hair growth. And then it was stated that hair growth was side effect. It doesn't mean that it will harm the patient, but it just not related to the effect on the blood pressure. So we developed this, what was called side effect, even if it wasn't. And we did, we made a, a drug, which like a solution spray that we use for hair. Mm -hmm. This is what you can find everywhere. Uh, minoxidil, if you know, like the molecule, you, you can find it over the counter. But in the beginning, it was a treatment for high blood pressure. So side effect doesn't always mean that it will harm the people. The second, as I said, the more we have people using something, the more we discover side effect because it's it's, it's statistical rule. This is very mathematical rule the more we include patient and we have the data, the more we can improve our prediction models that we do about either vaccine or drug. And as you know now, we are even going in statistics with this, um, what we call the Bayesian statistics when we work on uh, model prediction, we do prediction and we 
the prediction is modified according to the data that we get. If we have one patient, for example, we'll have a curve that's different from two patients and three patients. And the more we see, we, the patient are using, the more we'll see side effects. It's been like this for every drug, for every vaccine, just that now people are exposed during a very short period of time to this, like we, the, the vaccine was developed. Now we are talking about side effects and everything. But if you remember, I like my mother uh, told me that maybe in the 60s they had some vaccines and they were told don't eat meat or don't eat red meat with them and look you will have side effects and hopefully this helped people or researchers improve the quality of the vaccine later so now we we take these vaccines we took these vaccines when we were kids and we were not asked to like uh, avoid taking for 48 hours this product or mm -hmm. this other product so this is something that, yes, we will see more side effects as people are getting more and more vaccinated. Well, I mean, I, to, that, that's a great point. I mean, you know, but when you look... Have, sorry, but people really have to be sure that, let's say, for fatal, like, heart attacks, like, for neurological uh, side effects, for this vaccine uh, got tested for everything. And sometimes, let's say, I will give an example. At some point, we can have surgery during our life. We will have a general anesthesia. Some people never wake up after the general anesthesia because they have some genetic predisposition to have like heart attack or specific side effects of respiratory problem due to specific drug mm -hmm. that most of the population will not have. Yes, but we do not know. We cannot know. Like, for example, only for penicillin and some few products that we get tested before getting the drug. But for most of uh, uh, most of the anesthetic drugs or medications, you don't get tested for it. And we see patients, they went to do like some aesthetic surgery and stuff, liposuction, and then they never wake up. Wow. I don't wish this for people, but people should know that we are not equal when it comes to our genetic predisposition to developing side effects. For example, some people, the example I always give, will smoke for 40 years and they will not get uh, like cancer. And some people will just smoke for few years and they are predisposed to get uh, like cancer. Or not when even smoke. Or not even smoke, absolutely, yeah. which is another type of, of lung cancer. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about mental health, we have like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. Some people, for example, schizophrenia, they will use cannabis for a very long time. They will never switch and go to schizophrenia. Some people will just use cannabis for a few times and just go. So we have this genetic predisposition that's unpredictable. Well, uh, thank you for the clarity because I think I think those are clear points that people have to take in consideration when they make these judgments. And I mean, I, I think we all have our own kind of predisposed judgments on things. And, you know, we try to analyze things the way we understand them. But when you put it into like a scale of things, you're right. I mean, in, in any universe, right, you're going to have the majority is going to have no problem. And again, that's the same thing. We say 99%, you know, uh, uh, pretty much recovery, right? That one percent is a lot, <laughs> but yeah. when we we put it in, in a very light. It's only one percent, but one percent is thousands and if not millions. Yeah. And, and, and we and, need people who are very 
perplexed about, about the vaccine. We need their questions. We need them to challenge always the scientific community. We need their questions because we cannot say, oh, everybody should think that vaccines are always good. No, we need people to be part of this uh, safety and ethics committees to follow and to monitor the, the, the research team who are doing research. So I'm, I'm actually trying to give answers and discussing with you and with the audience, but obviously we all need to have this, what if it doesn't, what if it has this or that? We always need this kind of discussions. Well, and you're right. I mean, the more people throw in questions, the, yes. more, the more we can test things, right? Because you know, none of us smarter than all of us, right? I mean, we have, the, the more we are, the more, the smarter we are. I mean, more brains together and, and you yes. need their strength. So even with this, I think that makes sense in terms of logic. So the more people involved, uh, obviously more opinions, but also the more questions, the more like stabs and, and poking at, at something, you'll probably get more, you know, uh, closer to, to a better one. But you're right. I mean, you can have a universe of 100 people, they all test good, and you get the one-on-one, and that's the one that actually has a problem. <laughs> and, yes. and, and when you select the universe when you test it, you're not really, you do your due diligence to pick the right crowd yes. based on criteria. But at the end of the day, you could be missing one person, and you only discover it you know, later on because that's when you see the problem, and you realize why, what happened. Uh, there's the other concept. I mean, you mentioned about the side effects. Uh, you know, Maybe people will, will argue the side effects versus adverse reaction. It, they could be one and the same, but but met, met like for example metformin, which is a drug for diabetes now, is actually being used now in in, in cosmetic and, and anti aging. Yes. <laughs> so, so 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 I mean yeah I mean there, there's there, there's the that's the good side. Obviously when that happens people are comfortable, right? But when when the the adverse reaction is you know blood clots, you know paralysis. Uh, you yeah. know, that, you know, and something, to, God forbid, to that extent, you know, obviously people get more cranky about it and and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, when, especially when someone loses their family. And on, on the flip side, people will argue, well, I lost my friends to this, you know, mm -hmm. to COVID. And you know what? We need the vaccine. And, and you will never win that argument, at least not now. I think in time, eventually this will be under, you know, you know water under the bridge. And unfortunately, we're not going to solve it today. Now, now we have only a couple of minutes left. And, you know, I mean, this was pretty interesting and pretty good. And thank you for like really uh, giving us some of the insights. You know, like I had a show before with someone from Pfizer. This actually gives us a little bit more on the research development you know, phasing and, and how it works. Uh, I mean, maybe we can do a second sequel to this one and, and we'll talk more, you know, additional, maybe some questions that people may have. Uh, we'll talk about that, you know. That's a, that's I have just one thing, just to close this specific topic. Yeah. Uh, maybe the discussion will never end because we have some molecules like in dermatology, like isotretinoin for acne and suicidal thoughts. This is really like when we think we close the discussion, it opens again. And then we people are arguing. And I'm talking about even talking in conferences with dermatologists and they are not, still not convinced. Some people are convinced uh, we have for other problems for fertility. And so sometimes the discussions, they are opened and they will not, will never be able to close. So, and it's okay. This is part of, uh, <laughs> part, of part of the research and development, the right? Research part of life. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, doctor, it, it, it's, it's been real. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, uh, you, you just shared a whole different angle, you know, for, for folks to at least to open up to. 
Uh, you know, I mean, people still have their own questions and they may take it, may not take it, but at least you shared it from a different end. Uh, people always question, there's always going to be someone that's going to like, ah, whatever, she is, she's in it, you know, she's in it with them, <laughs> you know. Uh, obviously, that's not the case, but but certainly, you know, uh, I, on, on behalf of the audience, on behalf of, of the, the channel and the radio, myself, I want to thank you for actually uh, being with us and sharing with us the valuable uh, insights here. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, people can learn some some new things today. And uh, that being said, uh, Hurricane H here. Thank you for uh, watching the iHealth channel. Listen on iHealth Radio. Doctor, it's been real. Thank you for being with thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Isham. And uh, I'm always proud of the work you do. And uh, I think you answered most of the question. I didn't have to. <laughs> oh, no. You knew, like, you knew everything about the, the whole topic. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you, you had the, you were the guide. I was just, you know, kind of sharing some of the, the, the feedback that, that's been on the community. So I can just to give us a little bit of a, uh, I guess, uh, so much context. Yeah. Thank, yeah, you. Yeah. thank you. Well, well, thank you.